consider this. We are in the studio today uh, to have a, a fun conversation about something that will be um, shared with the congregation on Sunday. So we're coming into this a little bit early, but hopefully um, by the time this comes out, uh, a lot of you are going to be having some questions and we're really hoping this podcast is going to answer it. So the title of this podcast is, Why is Sunnybrook Doing Another Building Campaign? And uh, I think it's a great question to ask for those of you that are listening, not watching. Um, I've got Drew Henderson, who oversees uh, all of our family ministry, works particularly with junior high and high school kids, but then oversees all of our family ministry. And then we've got Paul Weiss, uh, the uh, the patron saint of Sunnybrook Christian Church, who's been here. Um, the only one that's been here longer, I believe, is Jesus. And Paul's been here for a long time, and I really do appreciate that, actually. Andrea and I, uh, when we first considered coming here, a big part of that was Paul and Julie and the longevity, the commitment, the dedication that they had. And so he's going to be able to not only offer his perspective, but also uh, his perspective for being here for a long time. So when we even use the phrase, another building campaign, somebody yeah. would go, wow, have we even had one? And the answer is, we have had some. So uh, here we go. We're, we're going to do our best to, uh, to have a conversation uh, together that you might learn. And we're really hoping that it will spark some ideas and some, uh, some additional conversations uh, that we would be more than glad to have with any and all uh, interested. Mm. So Paul, since, you know, since I've already kind of said that you've been here a long time and even that mm-hmm. statement might come as a surprise to some of our people what do you mean another right. um so why are we doing another building campaign uh, at sunnybrook right. christian church yeah i i don't know how many historians are out there um but i love history uh and probably because you just get old you just become a part of history and so that's that's maybe why i'm interested in it um and and i love the history of this place we call sunnybrook here in stillwater and and uh and so when we use the word another building campaign, I do realize there, there might be about 80% of the people that attend Sunnybrook now don't even know what we're talking about. They just assume that this building has always been on this place at this property at Richmond and Perkins Road. And yet 20-some years ago, uh, a pastor and a youth minister drove around looking, where could we move? Because we were landlocked and we were doing three services in a small building and we had no room for anything. And who was that? That was a guy named Tom Mall and, and a really good-looking young man uh, that was married to Julie Weiss. So, oh, I thought that was going to yeah, be Drew Henderson. Yeah. But no. Yeah, Drew actually was in part of that as an intern about 20-some years ago, 23 years ago, I believe. So, um, yeah. So you and Tom got in the vehicle and we realized did. there were some— Got in his white dynasty, I can remember. <laughs> and uh, we were on a Saturday doing our calling, and you know he just was throwing out that. And we were way out of town. We were at the corner of Perkins and Richmond Road and saw this kind of a white house that was covered by shrubs and trees and then this elongated piece of land that seemed to go forever. And so, man, wouldn't that be a great place for a church? Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and it was crazy. In just a few years, we were able to purchase that. So what year would that have been? Gosh, that would have been um, 90s, 91, 90, 90 91 probably okay. is when we first looked at that because I think the first program – uh, was executed by 94. I think we were actually out here in a building, uh, the first section of our building. So our actually the building we now use every Sunday and Wednesday and all the days of the week is actually two separate buildings that were built in back-to-back campaigns. of So six over six years we built these two buildings that are out here. And, so the first one is the sanctuary lobby and then mm-hmm. where, the, where the Sanctuary where the lobby are. and actually the little kids. We did not wear – if you have kids in the uh, – 
where the slide is the in the back in the treehouse, that wasn't a part of the original. It was literally, we'd poured the foundation and we were looking at each other and thought, man, there's not any, we don't have any room for like to have an event here, like a wedding reception. Oh, wow. And so we, that was uh, one of the first places we did middle school was in that back room there that it, that's obviously has changed. And so that was all we had. We built this shell existing. We used the White House for all of youth ministry things. Um, we still were... We didn't have offices here, so we were still over um, on red off of Redbud. Um, so we were over uh, really close to the the uh, Skyline School area is where the church was landlocked. It's now the uh, what is it? The Nazarene yeah, Church. Yeah, it's a Nazarene there. Church. Yeah, we so if you ever go, want to drive by, we to go in it a couple, uh, yeah. couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we we actually had that building for the first I, I believe four years as we moved here. And so offices were still contained there. The youth ministry was done there. The preschool was still over there. Um, and then ultimately in building the second part of the facility here. So we started as a multi-campus. We were multi-campus before that was a word. That's, oh, wow. We should, have, cool. we should have coined it like the three-peat and made all kinds of money, but we didn't. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, just it's it's been a, an amazing historical journey of this place. And and I'm so grateful so, for so many people that maybe have moved on or even passed on yeah. that provided. You know, you do can't you, help Do you remember how much that first campaign was? I think we had three, like, money goal visions. It says, like, one, two, one, five, one, eight. And so, like, this is, like, our goal was one, two. The awesome, yeah, yay, Jesus goal was one, five. And hallelujah, God is amazing was one, eight. And okay. I think we ended up coming in over the one, eight. So what was the yay God? Yay God was one five. I don't know. I don't remember what it was called. Yay God was. Yeah, it was. I just remember as a. So if you if you think about it, that's nineteen ninety one to ninety four. Right. And it was almost two million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That kind of gives a a little bit of a perspective in terms of even what we're wanting to do right now. So yeah, the construction cost type thing. Yeah. When did you come, Drew? Come to the church here yeah. at Sunnybrook. Yeah. Um, I interned here in 1995 and then came on staff in 2001, March of 2001. Mm. So the building was here when, yes. you, when you did your first internship. The building was here. It would have been just, just, the, just the red carpet area, just that <laughs> that uh, sanctuary so the, basically, and then a hallway. The red the carpet back. era. Yep, the red carpet era. Morgan <laughs> Weiss uh, was in the children's ministry in the back hallway of the kids church area yeah. which is now early childhood so then we so, move yeah. in in 1994 mm-hmm. and realize something else has to happen and so another building campaign has mm-hmm. started paul it, it was and in it's harder to, to do it twice i mean everybody was like wow three years that was awesome do we really want to do it again but our, our people were faithful and the giving was provided and um not all the money was raised but we felt in faith we needed to build this place and and actually, a guy named Terry Carpenter uh, was a part of the process of helping us pay that off after we had put money towards it. And I think we owed maybe a half million to 700000 And Terry was a, a, a really key component of, of leading the charge to pay off that debt. So okay. this provided uh, what became the school, what became uh, all of uh, new classrooms for adult. Gymnasium, through, yeah, offices. Yeah, the gym, the offices here, and being here. Um, and it also created an opportunity for the Nazarene tree Church to buy our facility, and you know the we all we came yeah. over we came over full, and that was 1998. Yeah, yeah. did I get that date right? Yeah, Which, I, I, you know I may be off a year yeah, there. Yeah, so. my my first time preaching here. Mm. Uh, well, I, I came to the college in the uh, the summer of 98. Mm. 
Mm. And uh, my first time preaching here was the last Sunday in November of 98. And so I don't remember... I don't remember thinking, wow, this is new. I don't remember thinking anything necessarily. Right. But I remember falling in love with the church, actually. Yeah. I still yeah. remember that. I still remember going, yeah. wow, there's there's a lot of neat things that are happening here. So it's kind of funny how that works. Okay, yeah. um, so Drew, you weren't even around then for the for I guess the second campaign. Do you remember what that one was, Paul? Do you remember what the what the goal was and Well, I'd have to look. I don't I don't remember a okay. number per se. Roughly about the same? Um, Would it have been another one point eight or one point five? Probably, yeah. I imagine it was at least that. Okay. To be honest, it had to have been that. The, the The plan for the process of it was different. Since we had been through one, yep. we didn't have the prep and setup as, as we did for the first one. Yep. So um, the momentum was there, but, you know, I mean, it was just because it was a second one, there was a natural, people said, yeah, I'm going to continue my giving for that, and then it just kind of went from there. And we added hundreds of people, too, yeah. so they were becoming a part of something they had never done. 2003, I know this, is when uh, the campaign to pay off the debt mm. was, was finalized. Right. The, the church went through a difficult time in 2003. Um, mm. Andrea and I became a part of that during that time, and it was a real pleasure to, to be here and to be in a building that was – uh, that someone else had paid for. I right, mean, I remember right. Andrea and I have not been a part of a building campaign in that sense. We've been mm-hmm. part of ones for the college or sure. for other ministries, but we've never been one here at Sunnybrook. And so it's it's really good from somebody completely on the outside to say, hey, I'm grateful for people that have moved on and passed on mm-hmm. and people who are even still here yeah. uh, for what they have. And I think that's you know part of the part of the big piece that I want to begin with before we get into any of the particulars of this. Um is is to recognize the gratitude mm. that we should have for what has been given to us. I exactly. just uh, lately, as I've been praying through it, I don't want to be the teenage kid. Um, it could be any child who just walk, or even an adult who just kind of walks in and assumes that the meal that was made was was made without a sacrifice. Right. That right. mom who worked all day comes home, and I, I just I feel like at times I can I could have been guilty in the last fifteen years. Andrew and I came in two thousand four, so fourteen fifteen years. Um, to just come in and to be kick my feet up in an office that others helped pay for and helped mm-hmm. create, that my kids grew up in this church and now I see them going out on the mission field and going into ministry. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that it was the Drew Hendersons and the Paul Weeses and the, I know it was the, those ministries that happened, but they had to happen somewhere right. and in part right. they happened in this place. And I just don't want to be the person that forgets that mm-hmm. and is grateful for that. That I don't mm-hmm. just take from that, but I even contribute to that. Right, and so I think that's kind of a that's kind of a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul and Drew are also actually involved in the the leadership team for this new campaign that we're calling "It's Time," and I'm sure you saw the stuff uh, on Sunday. Um, so, Drew, tell us about some of the key the key pieces of it. Uh, you know, we've gone through. Um, we did a master plan back in 2015, assessing the needs, but we kind of knew what they were. It wasn't like right. a shock to us. Right. And so some of the major priorities um, that we're trying to address and answer and then sacrifice for. Yep. Kind of lead us through some, some of that. The, some of the major priorities, uh, whenever you look at what we have as a church, as far as children's ministry space, early childhood space, um, gym has been like, we have a, a lot of large spaces. We have a large space in the gym. We have, and then a lot of smaller rooms and, uh, some of the smaller rooms are a bit too small specifically for like elevate and kids church and that kind of stuff. Gym seems large and, uh, not only large, but very like insecure type space to where, uh, we have kids in there. It's, it's a big enough spot, but, uh, you, Kids can literally roam in and out. Uh, people can come in. There's not. There's 
three entrances, not one. Uh, so one of the highest priorities I think that we have is going to be for the children's ministry space, along with early childhood space and creating that as a part of a, a new addition to our facility, along with a new entryway. Um, if you've been, uh, whenever we come in and out of our services, you have the traffic jam that goes on there in the lobby. Um, and even the meeting space that exists there, you know, yeah, I, I, right. I, on this past Sunday, we yep. had a whole bunch of people yep. that were handing out stuff and it was kind of neat, but I, I quickly thought, wow, like, you know, it's not even our busiest time of year. Right. And the lobby's pretty, yep. pretty hard to do stuff in there. Yeah. So with that in large space, not only is it in and out of service is going to be a better situation, but also people that stand around and, and talk. There's not a, a lot of space to talk with people whenever you're coming out of church or passing there in the hallway in the lobby area. So that's going to be enlarged. We're going to do something different with that. So th- those are going to be kind of the, the top priority there. And then we'll kind of move down the, the ladder, uh, some sanctuary remodel type update. space update. Um, the blessed red carpet. We need to do something with our, it's been good, Uh, but, you know, a remodeled area in that. And then some uh, kind of our existing space that the school is no longer in, going to be remodeling that student ministry type space, creating probably uh, several different hub room, like size, size rooms of the room that we currently call the hub. Um, and so remodeling like that size meeting room. So if we have a yep. group of say 40 or 50 people, yep. it's really tough for us to meet. Sure. Um, Even you, you put 150 people in the gym, that, that's still a lot of space surrounding you. Um, so, uh, looking at doing something with some medium size, large, meet large, medium size rooms, um, mainly for those remodeled areas. And then also some for junior high, junior high, high school, high school college, and even for adult adult. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, converting some of the spaces that we have now into better, more usable space. We have, uh, when it comes to square footage, it seems like in some ways we have uh, kind of the appropriate square feet. It's just not the right kind of square feet, if that makes any sense. So, and I don't know, kind of the, the analogy that I've had in my mind for a long time, we were talking about this the other day. We have a, uh, at, at our house, we have a great 2006 Toyota Sienna van. That's what we drive. And um, so we've had that for about 12 years now. It's been a great van, just went over 200,000 miles. My my wife wants something else. I'm committed to not do something else, but um, it's, it's, re- it's been a great car. Um, now, if I'm not planning to do something, it's just kind of a time bomb right now, you yeah. know? And uh, been a great car. It's not going to last forever. Maybe even going to last longer than I think, but it won't last forever. And I, I think in some sense, that's kind of our building. It has been very good for us. We have used it and worn it out and been fine with that. That's yeah. why we have the building. Yeah. We don't want to be irresponsible with our resources either. And so um, I think God has kind of given us this opportunity to where we can take advantage of, of the space that we have and be a good steward of the space that we have, look at expanding, doing our ministries better, all sorts of things. So I think the building will help with that. Yeah. Paul, you seem to want to say something. Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, I mean, just even looking at the need, I mean, I, I'm excited about the need uh, and giving to something that um, hopefully lasts longer than I'm going to be around. And so that's exciting to me. But, you know, one of those needs is, is like just even – 
restrooms. <laughs> you know, because since we absorbed the, the 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 hallway that was started out as this hallway with restrooms in it has become our nursery area, we lost those restrooms because those are nursery sure. areas. And so we got these two restrooms basically for all of the people who come on a Sunday morning. So that's one. The other part is I love our commitment to, you know, using our building for the kingdom as much as we can. And I love that we have always chosen to be a friend to our community. And what I mean by that is, is that there are so many things that happen during the week uh, and that is available for things like, for instance, the high school to use, whether it's a football banquet or a wrestling banquet or a soccer banquet or or their events that fraternities and sororities who put, who use put the hole in the gym wall i missed that on yeah Sunday. yeah there's been a few holes no, in the who, walls the one recently who did that, that? was um was the a, navigators was it navigators? Nav- no crew crew, crew. yeah so, sorry yeah. navigators didn't mean to hurt your feelings <laughs> there this was directed at crew at crew campus Which, crusade way, for, for those, christ for those for otherwise those, known as crew so for those of you that are in crew that broke our gym wall we fixed yeah. it and no problem you're you, welcome but i mean i love that i mean we we understand <laughs> And we haven't been a protector of our turf sure. and, and not let it become available. You know, I know a lot of churches that fundamentally I disagree with their phil- philosophy of, hey, we'll, we'll do it, but you're going to have to pay a deposit. And rent. You know, we do that for things like weddings, obviously. But there are a lot to of things. take thing, care of the costs yeah, that, that are incurred. That incurred with yeah. that. But, I mean, for the most part, we really have been, uh, I think, a friend to our community, which has invited people maybe for the first time to step into a church, maybe not for a service, but for the first time and feel like, wow. You know, they were very welcoming in, in letting us have this here, and and I think we will continue to do that. Um, and uh, and I think that's that's a key part of who we are and our mission to our community to be to be going even to our community is providing a space for for groups like, for instance, Get Ahead program to yeah. come and be hosted at our facility. Uh, a funeral in town where they need a big space for a funeral where yeah. maybe there's some unbelievers in that. We we, we love to Open provide that, that for them. And so uh, I, I think this will be even more exciting as we even create these dedicated spaces. Um, uh, in, in, even in doing that and the need for that, for, the, for safety and for parents uh, just uh, feeling good at, that their kids are protected or in a place that they don't have to worry and it's closer to the sanctuary. Um, but also that these places are also places that we're going to use during the week, whether it's for a preschool program or whether it's for child care, for a Bible study. Yeah. These are dedicated spaces that are going to be used by even other uh, groups um, because that's who we are. So you talk a lot about – we talk a lot about mission here and mission fields, and we, we, we really believe that it's not that it starts at home. No, I mean, the world is God's mission field. Exactly. We just have it. To live in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and so our first our first mission field, mm-hmm. not God's first mission field, but our first mission field is Stillwater, mm-hmm. and so when I think about um, let's make sure, I, I think about money that we gave for another church in Stillwater to build mm-hmm. a building. I think yeah. about money that we gave so that a, a community center could be built in Mexico. Exactly. Um, and so since I've been here, we've we've actually done more for another oh, yeah. building in, in town, <laughs> and we've done more for that than here. And, and, we, and honestly, in part because I don't know if we needed to at that point in right. time, right? I don't right. know if it, it was time. Right. Um, and then now all of a sudden we're, we're believing after a lot mm-hmm. of prayer and a lot of thinking and a lot of discussion and a lot of even weighing the sacrifice mm-hmm. that it, we, we get it. I mean, I get it. We all get it. That right. there's a sacrifice that's going to be na- made and saying, okay, it's time for us to begin to plan and prepare for the future and mm-hmm. sacrifice for the future so that ministries can happen with young families particularly. 
where they can have a place that their children can be discipled and for uh, a secure space that can be discipled and you know thinking about the next generation it's right. just good for us to think that right. Stillwater is in fact a mission field and our building is a mission tool right I'm interested in knowing I I don't know if you want to say this we can cut it out of the podcast later um, <laughs> if um, so we talked about the numbers the other day as yeah. far as yeah is, is that something no, that yeah, is no, good to, it's it. just yeah. interesting well, I, it blew me away yeah, whenever well, I we, mean I think it's uh, here here's the question that I knew people were gonna ask and so I thought okay let's let's just address it because mm-hmm. I don't want to talk be thinking as I share yep. this be thinking yep. about objections that people might have because I, I want to we need to we want to be able to to biblically and responsibly hear people and respond to people and ask people to think theologically and practically about what these things are, right? So Mm -hmm. think about some objections they might have. But an objection people might have is, hey, like couldn't couldn't the money that we spend on our building be better spent in missions, particularly, right? right? Mm -hmm. Or you can put something else there, but in missions. And the more that I began to think about that, the more that I thought, okay, wow, like 11% of our budget every year is already spent on missions. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't include all that we spend on mission trips or the offering that we took for, Mm -hmm. you know, for so many different things. And some of them, um, you know, almost six digits, you know, Mm -hmm. in the 70 to $100,000 range. Um, When you begin to add all of that up, and again, I I, I never want to start, but in the 15 years that I've been here, If you begin to add that up at roughly say two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, like that adds up to right. roughly two and a half to three million dollars that we're spending mm-hmm. um, on missions since I've been here. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that we've done since I've been here in terms of like building improvement is the um, well, I guess we did the hub, mm-hmm. and then we did um, new new carpet where mm-hmm. the red was wearing out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did uh, the the stage remodel, which I, I think all of that combined would be around the hundred thousand dollar mark. Right, right. And so we've spent three and a half million or three million ticket, you know, two and a half, whatever number you want to use. Right. And I think that's actually a conservative number. Oh, if yeah. we spent that on missions and we spent that on our building, I, I don't even say that to make anybody. I I, I actually feel good about that. Mm-hmm. I don't hear that and go, right. "Wow, we've been irresponsible." And I, I don't, don't think anyone's saying now we're going to make up the difference. Yes, and yeah, we're not that's even doing not that. it. We're saying yeah. it's probably time that we recognize, let's mm-hmm. do this. And the other number that I love to throw out is that, and let's think about what we're gonna continue to do. We had this right. conversation in our staff meeting, mm-hmm. Justin asked it, he said, hey, how is this going to change You know, over the next three years as we sacrifice so yeah. that our, our people can have a building for the future, our families can have a building to do ministry in the future? Um, we're gonna keep doing mission trips. We're gonna keep yeah. giving away 11%. We're gonna keep, you know, and more, which means that over the next three years, as we're building our building, we'll probably we'll probably be spending on kingdom mission work yeah. outside of ourselves another three quarters to a million dollars. Right. And I just say, wow. Right. And and then after we're done with that building, we're going to keep mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. And so it's sometimes people, myself included, we want to create like an either or. Where is right. it better spent? Mm-hmm. And I think the answer, just like how we view mission, mm-hmm. the answer is yes. Stillwater is a mission field. We should give to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexico is a mission field. Right. We should give to it. Haiti is a mission field. We should give mm-hmm. to it. Um, right now, for those of you that want to give to Poland or to uh, someone that's going to Mexico, I have a couple of young <laughs> men um, that are that are that are wanting to do that. Yeah. We want to continue to yeah. we want to continue to push people in that direction. Yeah. So we don't believe it's an either or. We genuinely believe it's a both and. Right. And and I'm actually thinking, even hearing you Paul, talk, Paul, about how we got here. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we wouldn't have been doing that if it wasn't for right. a, a good-looking youth pastor and a really <laughs> a, a really gifted communicator named Tom Mall, right. who knew that something needed to change, right. and this was that, right. and that was there. That was that time, and now it's it's a new time. Mm-hmm. One thing, uh, go a different direction here, maybe as we close our time out, is the idea that um, when we when we bring up the word stewardship campaign or we start talking money everybody gets a little bit you know weird feeling and i remember that 20 some years ago with three little kids and bills out the wazoo to every doctor and we had a flu season like we're having now you know i just feel like we were at the doctor and i don't know where the money's coming from and i remember tom challenging us as a staff and hearing that and and then to give that same kind of challenge a year ago to some guys who were worried about that and and the thing that i come back and thinking about the building yeah i love the building I love that we had a place where we could do some things that we hadn't been able to do. But what I loved is running through that program with my brothers and sisters in Christ and see God do a work in us as men and women who led families, as single moms, as those who uh, were at a retirement level and the giving. And and this was our theme then, and we're kind of using the same idea as this not uh, equal gifts but equal sacrifice, that I saw people – and their testimonies and and walk alongside with them and they decided to do without things for the sake of the kingdom god did an amazing work uh with our community as god spoke to each of us individually as families and individuals about do you trust me yeah uh do you see yourself as a steward or is this yours yeah and this is an ongoing temptation of my frustrations of my own life and i'm anxious to walk through that with another generation of people and some that have already done this and are going to be faithful because at the end it's not about a building we're going to build it's about the ministry that's sure. going to continue sure. from this place that will send out workers in the harvest that will provide for those who are hurting in our community it to be a beacon of light to challenge with the truth we're not going to apologize for the gospel and the truth of the gospel to stand in that and to me you know if i can give to something and that becomes a part of who I get to be in, in my short span of 60 to 80 years in this world, then I will be feeling like God is leading me in his spirit. And I'm excited about everyone getting the opportunity to go through to that. To do that. Drew, yeah. you, you kind of shared a similar story, yeah. and I did not know that before, but share a little bit about just the, the joy and the blessing, the trans, spiritual transformation that happened with you yep. and Kim. And I don't think it was at Sunnybrook, right, if I remember the story? Right. right. Um, so. Well, several years ago, quite a while ago now, I uh, was in my first ministry. I was in a part-time ministry in Columbus, Kansas, and um, was just first married, um, doing ministry on the weekends, full-time job in the week, and a little bit of school, just trying to kind of be newlyweds. Didn't have a whole lot of money, but uh, the church was was growing where we were, and we entered into a, a building campaign, the first time I'd ever been a part of something like that. And I'll be honest, I, we weren't as faithful in our giving at that point that we needed to be. I was supporting some friends that were going on the mission field, but I wasn't really giving a significant amount to, to the church even there. Uh, got paid $106.20 every week. I know that. And so it was not a whole lot to go around, but uh, at the beginning of that campaign, just watching, it's not so much even the building that came out of it. It was the process that God really took us through of building our faith as we sacrificed and seeing his provision. Um, our guy that was our, our campaign director going to be, he was one of the more significant givers. Um, 
it was amazing to see owns a large construction company that's doing still really really well he was going to be a significant part of the campaign and it it changed him and it wasn't like you're going to be a significant giver so we need you to be involved it was this man grew as a disciple of jesus christ and seeing that we moved on from there and took my first full-time ministry and to be honest i think it was a little bit like wow i got out of that one here we are we uh, and then we went into a building program there as soon as we got there and um, started giving there and uh, was finding out that I was kind of making more working part-time and full-time at Walmart than I did in my first full-time ministry and trying to adjust all that and figure sure. out how we were going to be newlyweds and maybe try to buy a house somehow. And God was faithful in that um, and came here. Uh, we weren't in a building program. We did do the, I think we were here when Terry did the, yep. the yeah, we were knocking, knocking out, out the debt. debt. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was more, that wasn't a three-year commitment. It was kind of like everybody kind of, let's get it together, and we want to do this at one time. So kind of that celebration that we had out at uh, the fairgrounds, I think, is mm-hmm. where that last night was. But just seeing God be faithful. And I think back over that, and Kim and I talk about this a lot, it was probably, well, it was definitely God's blessing. It was probably a little bit of trying us to live within our means the best that we could. And uh, like we've talked about it. There's not been one time where people have said, hey, let's go to lunch, and we've not gone to lunch. Right. I mean, since the beginning. Sure. Since. Sure. Never said that and never really went into debt because of that. You know, it wasn't. But, but God is just more than provided. And so mm. it's, been, it's been a cool journey to see. You know, you know I, I, I that, really, sure. when, I, when I think about these campaigns, and this is the first one, you know, I've been a part of them uh, through other organizations, right. but I've not been lead pastor of a church right. or, and gone through one. And it's, it's, as I have kind of even prepared my own heart and mind literally for decades about this, I'm a big fan of that I would treat the life that God has given me, the resources that God has given me consistently, mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have these weird categories where I would do, I would do one thing with part of his resources and then do have a different attitude and a different disposition towards another. And so what Andrew and I have done, and you can tell me if I'm crazy, is that as we had kids, we kind of thought we needed a bigger house. And we kind of went, wow, we, we do, and the, and the kids need a room. You know, and so we didn't, we didn't really sit down. I mean, very seldom did we just go, wow, we really need to put all three kids in one room. And we don't need two rooms. And we don't, you know, it seemed to be, and part of that is just our culture, right? We just, yeah. we seem to respond in like when our cars were wearing out, we were mm-hmm. like, you know what? We need a reliable car. And right. nobody came up to us and said, man, alive, don't you think you could make do? And so <laughs> it's really interesting how much, and yet there is some of that. Hear me, sure. there is some, some sure. of them yep. might go, no, I have to do that every day. No, I, I, I hear you. But it's, it's interesting how much we just kind of just go along. And when it comes to our normal lives, and I hate using that phrase, but right. it's kind of like that, we just recognize that there is, it's time to, yeah. we, need a, we need another, we need a, we need a three bedroom house. It's right. time we need to have two bathrooms, not one. It's time mm-hmm. we, we've, got to, we've got to say goodbye to the 2001 Sienna. You know, it's, it's, there is that. Right. Um, and so to, to recognize all of that and to say then, therefore, there also is a time. Right. You know, looking back, if Tom and, 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 and the leadership of that church, including right. you, Paul, if you hadn't done something, then we wouldn't have this. Right. And then Drew may have never come here, and I never would have had an opportunity right. to be a part of that. I mean, I don't, I don't know how all of that works. And I think that's the part that, I, that personally what I keep mm-hmm. coming back to is I want to be able to treat 
how I view the kingdom consistently Mm -hmm. and how I see my part in that and the spending of Andrea and I's gifts, abilities, talents, and financial resources. Mm -hmm. I just want to treat God's kingdom and his work the same way that I treat my own house and the same way I treat my own life, the same way I treat, you know, my own uh, conveniences and my own comforts. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there has to be a consistency. Uh, and that's why whenever I hear somebody say, you know, we should take up, uh, we should give some food to some people. I don't just want to go and say, hey, Andrea, what food are we not going to eat? And right. let's give, I, I, one of the things I like to do is I like to go to the grocery store and I like to buy what I would buy for me. And I want to give that right. to harvest. Sure. Right. Yep. And I, I guess, you know, that's, that's something that I have found. I, I feel like then I, I have integrity. Is right. that does that sound right? I feel like somehow I don't have like two standards, one for my other life and then one for my church life or my mm-hmm. Christian life. Mm-hmm. And I am also Andrew and I are really excited about the opportunity that we're going to have to give mm. to a building. And our kids are gone, and our grandkids will probably right. live in Mexico and Poland and somewhere else. And yet, Andrew and I are mm-hmm. totally committed right. to this ministry, even if something should happen to us. Um, we, we really want the ministry of Sunnybrook to continue because we entrust it to faithful men and women to continue to share the gospel. Amen. Um, any other final thoughts, guys, as we kind of wrap this wrap this up? I, we're we're going to have more of these, so if yeah. you're going, wow, there's so many other questions. Listen, we're not trying to we'll, – we'll probably be in the studio pretty soon, bring some elders in, have have their thoughts, and, and talk with them. We just wanted you to know a little bit of our hearts and a little bit about our history. Any other final words that you guys want to say, Paul? I just say, if you're feeling <clears throat> a little bit nervous as um, a leader of your home or your household, um, welcome that and begin the journey of talking to God about it and talking to other Christian people about this and start this journey. I just, I'm just telling you, this is a, a part that is 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 well worth learning how to trust Him. Um, um, and uh, this is a great opportunity to, to do that and to see God work in and through all of us together for his glory and recognizing that. And so if you're nervous, that's a good thing. So give that and trust that to God as you have all these concerns. Take them to him and talk to your community uh, as we walk through this together. Drew, final thoughts? I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I I told you I would do what I did, and I didn't do it. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, one, one final thought I'm going to give is that it's interesting when we list our priorities. We need dedicated children's space. We need uh, a secure dedicated children's space. We need to update some things for junior high, high school. We need a lobby, and we need to update our sanctuary. Um, something with the parking lot is always going to have to be addressed. And so as money comes in, as we kind of deal with those, uh, you know, the priorities, numbers four and five, you know, we'll see where we get at and kind of where things are at, and we'll have to make decisions as they come. So a lot of you are going to ask another question. We go, listen, we're just not there yet, so we'll get to those as as it gets clearer and as we figure out how much we have and where it can go and what we can do with it. You know, those, those, those decisions are going to take care of themselves as we get down the road. The elders and others that we bring in to, to, to guide us through the process will make those decisions. It's interesting that one of the things that I think is desperately needed for us that we very seldom talk about is the opportunity to sacrifice, right? Like that's yeah. what every generation, I thought about this actually in my prayer time earlier this week. The Bible speaks about every generation making its faith its own. And like you said, Paul, 80%, we don't know the number, but that's probably not a bad guess. 80%'s never done this. At least here they've not done this. And I'm going, okay, so then let's not just be 
I don't mean this negatively, but it sounds it. But let's not be just a generation that takes, but a generation that cares about the next generation. I mean, I've been guilty, honestly, for the last, say, 13 years of not really worrying about that because, you know, who knows if I'll even be around. Yeah, that's not how Christian leaders think. Christian leaders go, you know, since I'm not going to be around, I probably should plan for that. I probably should plan for the next generation. I mean, and one of the things I'm going to do Monday in our staff meeting is I'm going to figure out where Tom is and write him a thank you letter. Um, and maybe even some other key people back in the early 90s that gave me an incredible place to preach from and a people of God that have a, um, a generous appetite for it. And uh, so I can thank you right now, Paul. Thank you for your, I mean, dead serious. Like, thank you for you being a part of that and for the influence that my family was able to experience because of your and Julie and your kids, your faithfulness in the past. Um, it, it really does begin with gratitude. And when we have that kind of a thankfulness, um, wow, it, it really does. It, it just changes my, my disposition towards this whole thing when I just say, wow, so much of what I have has been given to me. And how can I not give back? So it's time. Thank you, guys. Uh, we look forward to our next podcast. It'll probably be somewhat on this topic. If you do have questions, you know, man, you you really need to reach out to us. Um, it's easy to find us on our website uh, to, to look at some email addresses or stop any of us elders. We're going to be available after uh, services um, over the next few weeks. And, uh, and we openly want to dialogue with you to help you process through this. We get the concerns. We get the additional questions. And we believe the Spirit will lead us. And wherever he leads us, we will go.